the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel today. I trust that you've had a fruitful week. It's always a joy to come your way with God's word and to equip and challenge you to live the life God has ordained for you to live. God has one life for you to live and it's an abundant life in Christ. And it takes the wisdom of God to be able to live that life. And it's always a joy when I'm able to share God's word with you, empowering and challenging you to rise up and live the life of excellence that you have in Christ. That's what Excel today is all about. And it's always a joy to have you join us. God richly bless you. Go ahead and share the link with as many people as possible. Let them be blessed by the ministry of God's word. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 17 is our text. It says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Be careful how you live. Every time I read it, it always comes across like a warning to me and to everybody. The Bible says we should be careful how we live. We are in Christ, but we need to live with care. We need to live with wisdom. We need to live our life in such a way that God's purpose for saving us can become a reality in our lives. He says, be careful how you live. And then he tells us we can only live in one of two ways. And so... From the very beginning in part one, we looked at two ways people live. In part two, we said that a wise man lives by acknowledging God's existence and lordship over his life. That is the first way wise, a wise man lives. If you're a wise woman, you live your life by acknowledging Christ's existence and his lordship over your life. And then number two, we said a wise person lives by pursuing a rich relationship with God. A wise man lives by pursuing a rich relationship with God. Then we looked at part four where we explored how we can practically develop a rich relationship with God. That's what we did last week. Today, we are looking at Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. Proverbs eleven thirty. This is what scripture says. He said, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. The fruit of of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth so is wise don't forget the series is living as wise living as wise how does a wise man live how does a wise woman live and don't forget that there are two kinds of wisdom there's divine wisdom and there's natural wisdom in fact we even actually have even demonic wisdom but we are talking about god's wisdom the wisdom you are talking about is not the wisdom of the world nor of the princes of this world we are talking about god's wisdom that picks people from uh, ground zero and sets them on thrones to inherit thrones of glory we are looking at god's wisdom that gives us all the benefits we talked about in the very first episode of this series 
And so, how does that wisdom express itself? When you are walking in that wisdom, how do you live your life? We said, number one, you live your life by acknowledging his existence. Number two, by developing a rich relationship with him. And number three, you live your life by pursuing souls, reaching out to lost souls for Christ. The Bible says, a wise man lives his life by winning souls. Yes, when you are a soul winner, Bible describes you as a wise man. I pray that beginning from today, you'll be a wise man. And all the days of your life, you'll be a wise man. A wise woman, a wise man wins souls for Christ. Soul winners are wise. And the basic reason why they are wise is because they pursue the most important thing in life. There is nothing in life as valuable as a soul. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. The New Living Translation says, What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Now, can you imagine that? The Bible says the soul is the most valuable part of your being. There is nothing as important like your soul. If you gain the whole world, the King James says, if a man shall, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul, he said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That is how precious and valuable your soul is. Now imagine this, anyone who commits his time, his energy, and his resources to making sure that this valuable part of every human being on the planet is secured and safe with Christ, that person must be wise. That's what the Bible says, he that witness soul is wise. Jesus came as the embodiment of God's wisdom. He was the wisdom of God personified. The Bible talks about him as an infant, as a young man or a young boy. Luke chapter 2 verse 52, he said, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Jesus increased in wisdom. He increased in wisdom. Jesus was very wise. Mark chapter 6, verse 2. He said, when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogues. And all many hearing him were astonished at the, the, the saints. What he was teaching, it astonished all of them. The Bible says, they asked the question, where, where did this man get these things? And they asked the question, what wisdom is this that is given him that such mighty works are done by his hands? That was how amazed they were with Christ. Christ, there were days at the wisdom Christ was manifesting. And if you look at the life of Christ, his principal assignment for coming on the earth was to win souls. The Bible says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Why did Christ come? He came to reconcile all of humanity unto himself. He came to reconcile all of humanity unto himself. That is the main reason why Jesus came. He came to save his people from their sins. That's why he came. And he was a very wise person. Jesus, as a wise person, won souls. And so, wise people live their lives by winning souls. We see it from the example of Christ. Look at John chapter 4, verse 3 to 7 with me. John chapter 4, verse 3 to 7, and then read from 27 to 38. It's a very interesting reading. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. 
Jesus, therefore, being wearied. Now look at this. This statement is very important. Jesus, being wearied from his journey, sat fast by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now look at this. Jesus is traveling. He comes to a place. He's wearied and tired. And then he meets a woman. In his tired state, Jesus begins to engage this woman. Let's look at verse 27. He engages the woman from verse 8 all the way to verse 26. His disciples come back to meet him at verse 27. Let's read from verse 27. At this point, the disciples came because he had sent them earlier to go find something and buy so they could eat. He was wearied. He was tired. He was hungry. And then he meets a person who needs salvation and look at it he overcomes his weariness and goes ahead to engage the person follow this reading with me at this point the disciples came and they marveled that he talked with the woman yet no one said what do you seek or why are you talking with her the woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the man come see a man who told me all things that i ever did could this be the christ then they went out of the city and came to him in the meantime his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. This is why I want you to follow closely. Jesus was a passionate soul winner. Jesus lived as a wise and he was a passionate soul winner. Now he says, in the meantime, his disciples said, Rabbi, eat. He said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Because he had sent them to go get food to eat. He was tired and he was hungry, like I said earlier. And he had sent these people, go get food, so we eat. They go, they bring the food. They come to meet him that he's fully engrossed, giving the message of salvation to this woman. He, he's done and they come to him and say, find something to eat. Now it's time to eat. Jesus said, I have food to eat. You have no idea of what is that food. He tells them in verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What is that work? So the context, he defines the work he is talking about. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I may be tired. I may be hungry. I may be busy. I may be working, doing a very difficult job. I may be so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. But my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. May you always live in the consciousness that there is a will of the one who sent you. You are not here by your own. The Bible says we are not our own. We have been bought with a price, so we are not here on our own. As the Father sent Christ, so he has sent us. And he has sent us to do his will. His will is that all men should come to the knowledge of the truth. All men should come, be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's way, we are told in First Timothy. Now look at this. He begins to explain to them what his will is. The work he's talking about. He said, do not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I said to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already wide for harvest. And he who reaps, receives wages and gathers food for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. In this is the saying, one sows, another reaps. So he was in the contest talking about reaping the harvest of souls. They met him talking with the woman. He was busy reaping the harvest of souls. Jesus lived as wise and in his wisdom, he won souls to Christ. Another man in scripture who also manifested uncommon wisdom is the man 
Paul. He said, he, he spoke of himself. He said, according to the grace which is given unto me as a wise master builder. That's how he called himself, as a wise master builder. Paul was a wise master builder. And his wisdom was so profound that even Peter, who walked closely with Christ, had to acknowledge that the man was wise. A comment Peter passed about the wisdom of Paul. He said in 2 Peter 3.15, account that the suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you. Paul was wise. How did he live his life? He lived his life pursuing souls. This man was such a passionate soul winner. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 9 verse 16, he said, For if I preach the gospel, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory in. For necessity is laid upon me. Then he said, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Do you see yourself as such? Can you imagine yourself coming under divine uh, woe? Because we are not preaching the gospel. That was his necessity. He saw preaching the gospel as a matter of necessity. He saw it as something he couldn't do without. He said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. In fact, in Romans chapter 10 verse 1, he says, My heart's desire and proud to Israel is that they might be saved. This was his passion. This was his cry. Romans chapter 1 verse 14 all the way to 16. He makes three, he declares three powerful statements about his disposition towards the gospel. He saw that he was indebted to the gospel. He said, I'm a debtor to both the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and to the foolish. And he was talking in the context of the gospel. Again, he says, I am ready to preach the gospel. And then resisting, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That was Paul, a wise man pursuing the gospel. I pray that you walk in wisdom by pursuing souls, by preaching the gospel to whoever and wherever you meet anyone. In the name of the Lord Jesus, receive grace to communicate the gospel at all times. The Bible said, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Apostle Paul, again in Acts chapter 20 verse 24, he says, but my life, look at this, but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The man was speaking almost like the way Jesus spoke. You remember, Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him. My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Paul said that my life is worth nothing. How do you measure your life? By the car you drive, the house you live in, the scholarships you have. The, the attainment you have made academically, is that how you measure your life? Paul said, the measure of my life is, is seen in its use for the gospel. When I use my life to advance the cause of Christ, when I use my life to let people hear about Christ, when I use my life to make sure that souls are saved, the church of God is built, lives are transformed, then my life is meaningful. Can you think about your life in that sense? That's how wise people live. So Paul said, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. What was the work assigned him? The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This was not work assigned Paul only. It's also assigned to all of us. Every Christian, the business of soul winning is the business of every Christian. And so wise Christians devote their time, they devote their resources, they devote their energy towards active soul winning. 
Why? Because they understand that that is what their life is all about. Like Paul, our life makes no meaning to God. Our life is of no significance to God unless we use our lives, our resources, our energy, our time to advance the cause of Christ. That is our calling. That is our business. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 20, he said, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, and you belong to Christ, once you have confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are his own. He said, if anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And because he's a new person, a new assignment has also been given him. He said, all of this is a gift of God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ? And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That is the task you and I have. What is our task? It's a task of reconciling people. It's a task of witnessing to people. It's a task of drawing multitudes unto Christ. He said, for God was in Christ. He's given us an example. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. When we plead, come back to God. That is our assignment. Our assignment is to tell people everywhere, come back to God. God is not angry with men anymore because his anger was poured on Christ on the cross of Calvary 2,000 plus years ago. When Jesus hung on the cross, he carried the anger of God against sin. And so that was eternally dealt with. He has obtained eternal redemption for all of humanity. But not everybody has heard this. And God has committed this message into our hands that we should share it with everyone. God is not angry. God is not counting people's sins against them. God is not holding grudges with people. God is not angry with men. God wants everybody that will call upon his name to be saved because the price for the salvation of all of humanity has been paid. And you and I need to go and tell everyone that is around us, everyone in our workplace, everyone in our circle, everyone in our world, that they need to know that God is at peace with them. And this peace is available when they choose to put their faith in Christ. So we are talking about wise, how wise people live, and we are talking about the fact that the wise people live by winning souls. We've seen how Apostle Paul was wise, and he won souls. We saw how Jesus was wise and he won souls. Who is a soul winner? Who is a soul winner? When you talk about a soul winner, a soul winner is a person, is a Christian passionately committed to the reconciliation of lost souls to God. That is a soul winner. A soul winner is one who is passionately committed to reconciling lost souls to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants everyone to have everlasting life. Hell was not made for any human being. Hell was made for Satan. But because he's wicked, he's campaigning massively. He doesn't want to go there alone. He wants to go with as many people as possible. And now we are also, we've also been redeemed. And we must also actively campaign so we can have a lot of people go with us into eternity with God. That is what the business of soul winning is all about. So, Satan is campaigning for souls. We must also be campaigning for souls into God's eternal kingdom. So a soul winner is a Christian passionately committed to the, to the reconciliation of lost souls to God. 
Number two, a soul winner is a Christian who has responded to the Father's call to go and bring forth abiding fruits. A soul winner is a Christian who has responded joyfully and excitedly to the Father's call to go and bring forth abiding fruit. This is what Jesus said, John 15, 16. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. He said, go bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. Go bring forth fruit, your fruit should remain. So a soul winner goes, a soul winner brings forth fruit, a soul winner's fruit remains. That is what it's about. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, it said, Go ye into all the world. That's what we are told. We are to go everywhere. Anywhere people are, we are to go there. On the football park, we are to go there. Uh, at the marketplaces, we are to go there. Anywhere people are, we ought to go. And we need to go with the gospel of Christ, letting them know that God is not angry with them. God wants union. God wants fellowship. God is looking for them. God loves them so much that he has paid the price for their salvation and they, they can respond and come to Christ. That's what soul winning is all about. A soul winner is one who is passionately committed to reconciling lost souls to Christ. And then a soul winner is one who has responded to Christ's call to go and bring forth abiding fruit. May you be a soul winner. Beginning from this month, may you live wisely by winning souls for the Lord. Four components of soul winning. I see how far we will go. Four components of soul winning. The first component, if you are going to win souls, the first component is the praying component. That is the first component. Praying component. That's what the Bible says. Brothers, Paul, Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that they might be saved. They might be saved. They might be saved. This is where it starts from. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. He said, I exhort that first of all, prayers, supplications, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. He said, For this is good and acceptable unto God, who God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. We are to pray because God wants all men to be saved. The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise. His will is that all men should be saved. But there is an enemy called Satan, whom the Bible says he has blinded the minds of them who do not believe. And so if our message will penetrate, we first of all need to take away the blind. We need to remove the sight. We need to take the blindfolding that Satan has put on the eyes so they can see the light of the glorious gospel and then they can be saved. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8, it says, Who had heard such things and who has seen such things? Shall a nation be born at once? And shall, shall the earth be made to bring forth in a day? And shall a nation be born at once? Then he says, For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. Ask of me, Psalm 2 verse 8, and I will give you the nations for thy inheritance. It's always important that we understand that the business of soul winning begins with prayer. Prayer opens the heart of people. Prayer makes people responsive to the gospel. Prayer makes people receptive to the gospel. Prayer brings conviction to people. 
prayer because listen the message you are preaching is good but your message is not powerful enough to bring conviction and salvation until the holy spirit is at work and the holy spirit will not be at work until we partner with him on the altar of prayer that's why prayer is foundational so if you are going to be effective soul winners the first place we need to start from is to pray you must constantly pray for souls pray for souls generally pray for souls specifically people within your uh, circle of influence pray for them friends colleagues in the office cosmates pray for them and then as you pray for them god will be opening opportunities he will be giving you those opportunities so you can reach out to them with the gospel so we need to pray let the the bible says pray that the will of god be done and his kingdom will be established on the earth his will we know it is the salvation of all souls so the first component of soul winning is prayer the second component is the going component you can pray and pray and pray and pray but if you don't take steps to go very little can be achieved prayer can achieve a lot but we need to complement our prayer by going that is the second thing we need to go we need to go the bible says in matthew go into all the world he says in mark go into all the world he said he has you have not chosen me i've chosen you that you should go and bring forth food so it's a command we have to go we have to go go to the office go to the streets go to the highways go to everywhere secondary schools go we have to go and to bring we have to go and to bring so that we need to be on the go prayer is good but we need to be going from this week may you begin this week from today as you are hearing this message be find a place and go look for someone and address them with the gospel there are two ways we go we go personally and we can also go by sending others you go personally that is where you are actively pursuing souls engaging them by yourselves with the gospel and then the second way is to also send preachers like I'm doing now, somebody paid for these uh, gadgets. That's why I'm able to bring the gospel to you. People are paid and we are also on radio. So you go personally and you can also send preachers. We are told in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 13 to 14, 16. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of our Lord shall be saved. This is how people get saved. He said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So before anybody can call, he has to hear. And before he, he will hear, somebody must preach. And before a preacher can go, he said, how shall they preach except they be sent? So you are either going as a preacher or you are sending a preacher. And you can do both. God invites us to do both. That's why I always encourage you that partner with us so we can take this precious gospel to all nations of the earth the bible said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations for a witness then the end will come all too soon this is where time will allow us we are going to continue next week as we look at the various components critical for effective soul winning the lord bless you for being part of our broadcast today i look forward to having you join me same time next week as we continue on wise men win souls wise men live their lives by winning souls for the lord may you walk in wisdom and may you live as a wise man by winning souls today tomorrow and always the lord bless you for being here i look forward to have you join me same time next week till i come your way then maximize the grace of god
you are blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no.